This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hola, Dr. Tony. George Mendes, super agent, calling to see if you'll be interested in any players. The Wolves <laughs> did them well out of me. I thought I could share the spurs. Ah, it's, it's Tony. George, you? Agent, super agent. Uh, no, 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 it's okay. I've got my own scout lad, and he's a big chap, big lad. Real big personality. Huge, um, massive, uh, his name, um, Keith something. Tony, Tony, I, I could solve your midfield problem. I represent the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, De Gea, Diego Costa. I even got Nevis for the Dinkles. Ronaldo? Ronaldo? Honestly, George, it's fine. We've got our hopes pinned on this Irish lad. Real up and come, huh? Conahurahan. No, no, Glen Whelan. Oh, I see. Well, as you're good for players, what, what about the manager? Say... Jose Mourinho? Never heard of him. Besides, new apprentice is learning trade. Uh, old Terry's gone and done his badges international break. Aye, we'll be fine, just thank you, though. George? George? You there, George? Mamba, mamba, mamba. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. The Sunday lunchtime, 12 o'clock, does quite a little bit, of course, but knowing both sets of supporters, They'll probably be checking into the pub at 8 o'clock to have their first couple of beers. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOwnManSaid.com. And joining me, as per usual, Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground.com. Welcome, Mr. Rogers. Hello. 
back for more. How have you been? Another home win? It was never in doubt. Well, it was, maybe. <laughs> a little bit. We actually recorded after the Wolves game, but mm. I didn't manage to get it out last week. A, I had to go away for a few days, uh, and also we, we were just rambling on after, after the Wolves game, and it suddenly turned into something I just couldn't edit down or wanted to sit there and edit down, and it was twice as long as it should have been. And uh, and then we played Fulham, and all was well again. So it's one of Yeah, and then all was well again, and, and enthusiasm came back. Negaton alert! Cringeworthy Aston Villa tweets! Do not engage! Block and report! Block and report! So, three points this week. Number one, guess who's top? Despite that Wolves' defeat, guess who's top of the form table? Would that be Aston Villa, David? Oh my god, did I just give it away? (laughs) (laughs) It's like we know what we're talking about. So it's like after the last uh, after the last six games, which is normally the the criteria for form. Villa, I think, head of Wolves on goal difference. I think both won five, mm. lost one. Mm. Is, that, is that true? Have we really won five out of the last six? We really have won five out of the last six. That's kind of astonishing. Only conceded two in six games. That mighty defence. Uh, still three ever present players: Sam Johnson. John Terry and James Chester only uh, Neil Taylor would have been the fourth but obviously his suspension has uh, curtailed his ever-present ambitions mm. uh, so yeah forget about the Wolves defeat minor blip we're still good we're still good we, we, sorry you got something to add yeah I, uh, I mean just in a, in, a, in a sentence I think that Bruce may have learned from some of his mistakes in the in the Fulham game I think the way that we set up and it was a completely different experience to the to the Wolves game Point number two, this one made me laugh, where uh, Pep Guardiola, after Manchester City's struggle against Wolves to get through uh, the League Cup, uh, eventually beating them 4-1 on penalties after a 0-0 draw, he he went on a a real tirade uh, saying, uh, the ball is a sheet. Sorry, it's Italian. (laughs) The ball was unacceptable for high-level competition. Something like that. It is sheet. (laughs) He basically said uh, he didn't really like the Mitre Delta ball, which... I love that ball. That's my favourite ball. used to be a bit of a classic going back. Mm. Uh, I think it was taken out of circulation. Uh, I think the last time it was ever used was 2011 or something, or 2001. I can't remember. I should know this. I have been giving away these balls that Pep deems to be unworthy. He said the ball was unacceptable for high-level competition. It is too light. It moves all over the place. It is not a good ball. It is impossible to score with a ball like that. It is a bad ball. (laughs) And I say that because we won. I'm not making excuses. All the players said, what is that? (laughs) It's not a serious ball for serious competition. Did they play in the previous round? I don't know what Pep's on about not scoring uh, because they beat West Brom 2-1 in the third round. Because that was two Premier League teams, do they play with the Premier League ball? Surely not, because it's an yeah, English football league tournament. So He's uh, talking rubbish. It's a strange one. I think the local press should ask Steve Bruce if he's noticed any problems with this Mitre Delta ball. Point number three of news that we've seen uh, this past week. An ex-Villa player, who was a Villa player, what, for like 24 hours? Mm. Uh, took charge of Everton in their 2-1 League Cup defeat by Chelsea. Can you remember who that ex-Villa player was? I can. That was the mighty... David Unsworth. Oh. The same David Unsworth who mixed up Bolton and Birmingham on a map and signed for the wrong fecking club. Fact. But wasn't it his wife that didn't like Birmingham? That was the the go-to excuse. I think John Gregory, what did he say? <laughs> he was quite funny on it. John Gregory. 
<laughs> he asked him to leave after five days and uh, he was told to fuck off. Because <laughs> 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 Gregory thought it was a joke, didn't he? And uh, yeah, yeah he, th- he said he was winding him up. So he's time to fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. What's that? The, the other good quote was um, when uh, he was asked about the move afterwards. He, he said that uh, we all know who wears the trousers in this ha- in that house, and that <laughs> Unsworth, Unsworth had constantly arrived home to dinners in the bin. <laughs> Lol. That's meanwhile, uh, he's been put forward as a potential candidate to be the manager of Everton. No. His ex-teammate Amakachi, I remember him, uh, said, "Oh, David Unsworth would die for the team." No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Not, not <laughs> if his wife told him to. Not Fucking get to home now. Get home now. I don't care if you're trying to qualify for the Champions League, David. The rabbit hutch needs mucking out. <laughs> Maybe his divorce. I don't know. We don't follow the uh, the relationship fortunes of Everton players and uh, wannabe managers. No. But in terms of, what do you think of Ronald Coleman's sacking 16 months of, after being with the club? I mean, he did all right last mm. season. They finished seventh, it's, but they've invested quite heavily. It's the knee-jerk thing, isn't it, that they've slipped into the relegation zone. And it's the thing that I suppose we all hate about football. It's the short-termism. But he did, he did seem to lose his way, though, at the same time. Well, the trend is club buys lots of new players... Mm. So what do they expect? One one of the problems is is that transfer window closes after the season starts. Yeah. So you don't have chance to bed your final team down before you kick off for the season. No, that that's a huge thing, and that that does stand to change next season, doesn't it? And not not before time. The other thing is you wonder, especially with the cum- the Cummins of the world, who's buying the players, and how do these setups work now? Because managers can sometimes be the fall guy, and you think, mm, now how yeah. many of these players did they actually pick? And Everton are in a tricky spot with with very wealthy, ambitious owners. But the the same problem that a lot of clubs, including ourselves, a number of years ago had that: how do you attract the players? and keep the players that will take you into that next level. You know, it's very, very yeah. hard. I mean, it's the thing that Tottenham, even with all their resource at the moment and the quality they've got, they've they've struggled to break that void, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, interesting enough, I mean, Coleman finished, as I, as I said before, seventh uh, mm, last yeah. term, which when you looked at the table, that's probably the highest they could have wished for, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in, especially last season, with the usual suspects in the top six. Mm, mm. And if we, if we cast our mind back to Moyes, Moyes used to be that, do this weird yo-yo thing. Yes. One season he'd be challenging yes. the top four. The next season he'd be fighting relegation. The season after he'd be challenging the top four, yeah. and on and on and on and on. No. So I, you know, <laughs> nine games. I don't think that's enough. Okay, granted he got beat five-two by Arsenal, and uh, one of the rare teams that Arsenal managed to dispatch. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about Leicester? Leicester a bit of a miss. I still think Mr. Dilly Dong should have stayed uh, a bit longer. But Craig Shakespeare, who? If you were a Villa fan and you wanted Nigel Pearson to sort out the mess of uh, a couple of seasons, you know, when when we were going to get him in uh, when Steve Hollis was the chairman, mm. people were going, well, it's all Craig Shakespeare. We should get Craig Shakespeare. He's done it all. And then when Ranieri brought them the, the title, not sorry, not bought them, got them the title, <laughs> people were allegation. saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, just strike that one off the record. <laughs> I am not aware of any links to the Italian mafia of uh, Claudio Ranieri. <laughs> but when he uh, when he won the title, there was mm. just a few people whispering in the background that it's you know Craig Shakespeare and the setup there. So a lot of pe- people are basically blowing blowing smoke up his ass. But as soon as he took, as soon as he got the reins, you just thought, well, he's not going to last. Nah, long. it did have that feel about it, didn't it? And you wonder whether 
one, who who is who are the authority people behind the scenes who actually know these people inside out to say they're definitely you know that they do these amazing things because you know who beyond the people who have the work in the inner workings of Leicester knew anything about Craig Shakespeare and his impact and, and then they, they've now in this strange position where if that was the case where he was the the supporting cast member for Pearson and Ranieri and, and Co they've lost their spine really the thing that made them yeah. successful so now they're into this awful undesirable position of actually you've got a bit of a managerial merry-go-round there. Because old Claude's in now, Claude Paul, is it Poole? Poole, from, uh, who Southampton fans thought was desperately, desperately dull in terms of the football that he was playing there. Yeah, but he did manage to get them in eighth position yeah. uh, mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. season, which uh, you'd expect Everton to finish above you. I mean, you wouldn't be shocked. And then obviously the top six. But, but I think what everyone does know about them is that every single season or whenever they get a good crop of players together, they are harvested, aren't they, boy? Liverpool most often and and I think that they're a difficult barometer for managers to be to be judged against you know Koeman obviously did well there and but if Claude was boring I mean I I actually saw Southampton in in the flesh uh, in the League Cup final against Manchester United last season Mm. and uh, when United won 3-2 and if they didn't have Zlatan that day the Saints would have easily won and they deserve to actually Mm. win the game but they played decent football I mean Redmond was a live wire Mm. United were awful apart from Zlatan absolutely terrible and Mm. if you were asked to name you know which teams Manchester United you'd have you know swapped the teams around in your guess but obviously Saints fans know more than me but I think across the board football's generally crap now unless you're you know Manchester City well it's just reverting to type isn't it of I think people this sterile brand of football particularly in the Premier League and we were very very guilty of that yeah for a number of seasons of cautious don't lose survive don't get relegated yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. and and it's created I mean we've said before and I mean you've definitely mentioned this on a number of occasions but it it's certainly true for me. I watch very little Premier League football as a neutral now. Yeah. Very little outside of, you know, marquee games. And even then, you know, sometimes you think, God, this is very samey. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any. I think I, I was visiting somebody uh, over the weekend, so I saw a bit of the uh, match of the day, but that was a f- I didn't mm. watch any of it last season no. off my own uh, off my own back. Anyway, enough of the uh, that league that we're aspiring to get to. Uh... Negatron alert. Alan Hutton makes a tackle. Extend contract. Extend contract. What's been happening on the pitch Villa-wise? Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Mm. uh, there is in circulation somewhere a Lost Wolves podcast. (laughs) So in terms of completion uh, for the purists of this podcast who listen all the time I will scramble together some coverage of the Wolves game for the patrons so if you want extra access to even more My Old Man Said podcasts uh, do sign up as a patron because one of the new things you get now is exclusive podcasts and also advanced sneaks as well so go to myoldmansaid.com and you'll see patron on the menu bar so do help support the show and uh, also you might be in for some prizes in the in the reward draws so right let's get on to the fulham game mm. i think it was vital to win obviously uh yeah after the wolves game because a number of reasons villa yeah. only have to lose in the championship and people start to uh get itchy trigger fingers yep. winning against fulham and that's a good three points because fulham uh, were going into this game the second best away form and fast on the counter pretty lethal as we found out at craven cottage mm. last mm. season so happy to have won that one and one of the more entertaining games at villa park 
mark in the yeah. in the time with being in the championship. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I think we saw I think we saw real overall progress. I think that Bruce got his selection right. He brought Anoma back into the fold. He rested Davis, which was a, a very you know not not before time really. You need to take the kid out. I, I thought. Do John, you? Yeah, I I think he I think he really struggled against. Wolves to a degree, and and I think it was fatigue, and sometimes you've just got to, you've got to, it's the plan B bit, isn't it, that we've talked about, you've, we've got to have a bit of rotation. No, no, the, the, that, you've, that you've spoken about. What's that? You keep mentioning this plan B. And this plan B. I think it's this, having a bit of the ability to turn, you know, because the Wolves game was very different to the Fulham game. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I thought he would play a Nomar in the Wolves game. I just yeah. thought, being away from home, them, let's say they've got a nifty midfield, especially mm. out wide. Mm. I was I was expecting him to uh, not be so stubborn with his four four two. So I think he learnt the error of his ways there. Well, I think it, it there's a bit of a, a bit of fake news that sort of circulates whenever whenever Bruce does lose a game. We we see that 2011 Guardian article circulating around him being a dinosaur. I do think he sticks yeah. to a, a set game plan, Bruce, and he he uses what works. And by his own admittance, he, he he sticks to that to a degree. But I thought I think we saw against Fulham that he <clears throat> he was he'd looked at that and he looked at where we'd where we'd struggled. And I think he took two very positive steps. He brought Anoma back in, and Anoma was arguably the man of the match. And he he, he rested Davis. Yeah. Uh, the, the other difference, and I'm very much sort of looking last season to this season. Whenever I'm I'm thinking about the games. Is that yeah. we saw an outstanding save from Johnston and you know basically made it as good as a win. I think that we saw Anoma have an absolutely outstanding game in midfield. Really, he's a, he's going to. I'd be astonished if he doesn't go on to be a top top player. And I think we saw as well Terry and Chester Terry particularly. Terry is quietly building some really really good form. On a personal level, and as we as we mentioned at the top of the show, that uh, Terry Chester Johnson mm. ever presentness has, has finally provided some kind of spine because uh, you know, we've certainly got one of the best defenses in the league now. Mm. And part of Terry's game has always been to chip in with with a let's say a handful of goals as well. So it's good that he started that uh, routine with us. And I think that, I mean just I don't want to linger too long on individual players, but you know I sit close enough to the pitch that you know you can hear. Um, well, I could hear Terry organising people from from some set pieces and stuff. And what was he saying? Well, what was he saying? Get, it, it, his exact words: "Get fucking organised." Was it? Because you know, <laughs> we got people milling around at the back post. But that's the difference between. If you want this to is what the it, listeners want to know. They want to know what he's saying. It's true. Well, it's exactly what I heard him bark at whoever it was on the phone at Al Mohammadi, and I think it was a Fulham corner. And it's sort of the difference between having someone who's he's a winner, you know, and he yeah. doesn't expect the ball to float across and people to get opportunities and. You know, Al Mohammed is not a natural right back, but every t- I think Fulham got in behind him two at least two times uh, in the first half, and Terry gave him not dogs abuse, but he let him know that it was next time. And to be honest, it's the kind of thing I'm going to mention now that you loathe when you're the opposition fan. But he, he headed that; it was a fantastic header, actually quite hallmark of his of his career, really for headed goals. But he was straight over to the away fans to to wind them up, and uh, I yeah. did quite like that. I have to admit. Yeah, no, that that's uh, what we live for. Especially uh, if if he does it against the Blues as oh. well. Uh, one one surprise mentioning uh, old Elmo uh, mm. was when Dilak came on. I thought he would slot in, uh, let's say, at the right back position, and Bruce would have pushed Elmo up uh, for the reasons that you've just mm-hmm. mentioned. But maybe it was just to try to lock down the middle of the park a bit more with fresher legs. But he, yeah. I mean, he almost scored a beautiful little uh, floated delivery by Adomar, who, I mean, we'll just. Discuss yeah. that first, but uh, the irony of that Codger miskick that set up his uh, winner was uh, wasn't lost on me. 
<laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, well, there's three things to pick out there. D- Delat, Delat was really unlucky with that late header um, that, that he had. Yeah, good save. I mean, give the give Button good some, save. That uh, ball credit. across from Adoma though, when he was dead on his feet and he'd absolutely Adoma. I've just had a Nomar had a had a fantastic game. It was pretty neck and yeah. neck really. Adoma absolutely ran Fulham ragged um, Den White. Not only is he capable of, of making a goal, he's he's got that predatory, you know, lurking at the back post and <laughs> Godger miskicked it. But he couldn't believe his luck. You do like that word predatory. Are you sure you're not a, you're a, you're not a friend of Harvey Weinstein by any chance? No, I no longer get invited to socialise. Although I do believe... Didn't you socialise with him once, David? A few times, actually. I've been to a few parties that Harvey Weinstein's been at. Anything we can talk about on air? Met him uh, <laughs> a few times. Not... Uh, I mean, Hang on, let me just think. Room. Didn't you go back to his hotel room once? I've never seen him in a bathrobe, no. <laughs> That's not what I asked. <laughs> or or giving him a massage either. But mm. uh, you'll find I'm I'm not a uh, young actress. You'll never work in this town again. Uh, one actress said that to me once. If you print that picture, you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> 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 and it was an actress who actually it was Gina Gershon, who was in Bound. The, the guys who directed Matrix, uh-huh. uh, for listeners who know their film, uh, did this film called Bound, which was like a kind of it was it was alright actually. It was a lesbian kind of thriller. Got my attention there. With Jennifer Tilly. It's like film noir yeah. very very noiry, but uh, at the time it was you know it was a kind of a decent enough effort. Because she was she was in she was an actress who never gave away her age. It's ah. hard to track it down. And she looked great. I mean it's quite interesting. This was uh, two thousand and one. But she was so paranoid about any bad photos going out in the press i mean it must be like even worse nowadays where uh, mm-hmm. everybody's taking selfies if you make a public appearance bang you know you've lost any kind of control over your self-image but this was the time before like crazy mobile phones and all that kind of stuff that you know had mm-hmm. hd quality cameras. as good as yeah, you know, as quality so she was paranoid that because in my first year this was at Cannes I would take a portrait after an interview mm. and I and I got hers and and she said uh, you know if you publish that it was a good photo but she didn't see it uh, you'll never work in this town again she regretted those words because uh, <laughs> within two minutes she was running around going who's got my handbag who's got my handbag <laughs> as you left with her handbag <laughs> <laughs> no she actually uh, left it uh, where we did the interview and I, I spotted it and uh, returned it back to her so she had to eat a bit of humble pie there as I was the uh, the nice gentleman who uh, you know saved her day potentially and not ruined her career <laughs> anyway we digress but yeah we should do a podcast uh, on well just do podcasts about various meetings with Harvey Weinstein and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What are we talking about? Fulham. So just quickly, were you disappointed with Fulham? Do you see them as a playoff team? I thought, you know, some of the young guys like Session weren't, as they were, let's say they didn't trouble us as much as they did at Craven Cottage, but, you know, away from home. They've got a lot of pace. I think that they were... they moved the ball really well. The, 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 the thing they reflect on is probably their missed chances. You know, they probably scored one of the more difficult yeah. ones, which was the free kick. But they had a couple. I mean, of what chances. was Whelan doing? Let's finish with the Whelan <sighs> incident. What I would say about Whelan was that that was a, it was a very clumsy challenge when the guy was about to run into into Terry anyway, and why he decided to bring him down there on, yeah. on the stroke. I don't know. It was it was very stupid. Well it, well, it was clumsy, wasn't yeah, it? it was as clumsy. you said, uh... um, and he definitely did him. There's no doubt. I think he took the view right. He's on the edge of the box. I'll do him now, and I, I couldn't see from where I was, but I'm sure Terry was probably giving him. He was just ready to do him, really. Yeah, yeah, he was running straight into Terry, so it was a very odd one. Him or him or Chester. Whenever they, whenever it was similar to the Wolves game for in some respects across across the ninety minutes that the, the game did pass him by on more than one occasion, and. That's where I think it's very, very visible when he gets dispossessed or the ball's played around him that you think, mm, legs have gone here. And his legs have gone, no doubt. Well, I mean, his his role is to be around near where the ball is. So there's a certain extent it's kind of pinging around a bit so he's trying to anticipate it. But I he, mean, he contributed bit... there and he played the ball out any number of times and that's the bit that sometimes fans, we can become polarised to going, oh, he's shit, he's shit, he's no good. That wasn't the case with Whelan. He tried really hard over 90 minutes and there were plenty of times where, one, he put a foot in and, two, he yeah. he, he played the ball out of trouble because Chester does a similar thing, that he wins the ball and then he does a very simple release pass. But that's, you know, think of back to the Clarks and the Bakers and, and, and countless other midfielders we've got who would just lump the bloody thing. I mean, if you go all nerdy and look at the stats, yeah. uh, Whelan and Chester are always, mm-hmm. let's say, in the top three of the pass completion rates. We're playing the percentages there, definitely. Yeah, sometimes peeling, uh, peeling, <laughs> <laughs> penis. <laughs> sometimes wheeling. It's funny, I made a Freudian slip. <laughs> when I wrote something on uh, on the blog, <laughs> what did I? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. I was. I was. I was discussing uh, Codger and and Villa's reliance on him, oh. <laughs> and, and and instead of writing, uh, we're as a team, we're our tactics. We're a bit of a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote and published. <laughs> we're a bit of a one. <laughs> well, we're a bit of a one prick pony. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the best typo I've ever done in like you know years of uh, writing and uh, I got a you know there's a couple of people that noticed it and um, you know mostly it was emojis with laughing because they, they didn't know if I'd actually done it on purpose or uh... <laughs> this is your confession but- Yes, yeah, so this is, this is uh, our weekly confession, uh, five minutes. But yeah, uh, I was describing Villa's attacking tactics as a bit of a one-prick pony. <laughs> we'll use that. We'll have that. No, no offence, Mr. Codger. I'm, I'm laying it out there. 
Right, let's get back to the meat of the uh, the meal. The Blues Derby. Yes. <laughs> Last year, I was doing all kinds of crazy uh, podcasts with clips of past games mm. and goals, mm. and uh, I, we just haven't got the energy now. We're getting older. <laughs> but if you are bored, you can go to the Villa Underground YouTube chat channel and see a compilation of Aston Villa's <laughs> greatest goals <laughs> against the Blues. But Or alternately, just go back to uh, the, the older podcasts, which I could re-edit together and nobody, nobody would notice. I'm definitely going to do that for the Christmas special mm. with those blues carols, which I actually listened to the other day. Very, they are very good. funny. They Still are make good. me laugh. Look for the podcast with Ross McCormack holding a Christmas pie on the cover. If you haven't heard the uh, the blues, <laughs> the blues Christmas jingles, very, very, very funny. They are good. Yeah. City Derby preview is brought to you by Gabby Parr. The irresponsible bookmakers serve for the side of bullshit. This banker only pays out once a season when Villa played the Blues. So, the Blues derby. Yes. What I wanted from this fixture when I looked at it at the start of the season and it was October, I, I wanted Harry Redknapp as the manager and them buying a load of, was it 14, 12 players in the summer? <laughs> and, you know, and it being a real game. But what we've seen is uh, a team, two teams in, let's say in recent terms, uh, polar opposites. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Bruce has finally got his team together hopefully there's a few more gears to go through while at the blues i think if we played them a couple of weeks ago would have had a would have had a picnic as yeah. Hull did when they hammered them 6-1. But uh, yeah. Steve Cottrell, uh, well, he got a decent win against Cardiff and Lee Carsley beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0, which seems to suggest it's going to be a bit of a tight one as per usual in the championship anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's cliched, but can't read too much into form for derby games either. You know, we, we, we know that all too well. Let's not dispense with a cliche. Last, the last two games, yeah. last season in the championship were absolutely... I think the game at St Andrews was kind of passable Just. but that game at Villa Park was a fucking disgrace to yeah. the game of football it wasn't, I mean wasn't one shot on target Gabby's goal I mean in those situations you, you take the result if it's a win yeah yeah well that the occasion masked masked as you say a very very poor game I, I do think we come into this fixture in, in far far better shape than last year and I would still say that Blues are in they're either in transition or just sort of lurching at the moment and they're probably you know they're trying to get that uplift you get from a new manager I noticed Cottrell was uh, he was uh, the Villa Wolves game and uh, presumably obviously doing his his homework I think that we've if we stick to a game plan against the Blues you look at our team you compare it to theirs yes that's a paper exercise but I, I'd like to think over 90 minutes we've got to have more more than they've got we've only played 13 odd games mm. and Birmingham have used 29 players already that is which, unbelievable uh, isn't it an astonishing amount isn't it I mean in comparison Villa and Wolves as well uh, if you want to throw them in a the mix have used 24 I mean that does surprise me as well but 29 is just bonkers yeah I mean you know in that 24 you're, you're including a couple of sub appearances yeah, yeah. for like Callum O'Hare, you know, etc., etc. But twenty nine is is a is a crazy kind of figure. Yeah. And but I mean, looking at the team, I mean, uh, the top scorer is uh, Jacques Maghoma, who's only scored two goals, mm. and he hasn't actually played a settled position. I mean, he's played on so far this season. He's played on both wings and also had a had a go up up front as well. I think Vassell is now playing up there, not mm. not Darius mm. Vassell, <laughs> and uh, and Sam Sam Gallagher, who we we were uh, rumored to be interested in, and I think Kieran Davis put the kibosh on on yeah. any thoughts of that. Yeah, yeah. Has, has been on the bench most of the time. So 
so I think they're still looking because I mean Yotta or Hotta. I mean he was one of the the players yeah. in the summer that the Blues were the most excited about. You know he he was like the string puller for Brentford last season, yeah. and he's been on the bench the last two games. So do you think Cottrell's still trying to find his team there? Definitely, and I think the fact that you've got Yotta and, and Co not featuring um, albeit with some injuries I think like you say he was so devastating at times for, for Brentford last term yeah. it's easy to get sucked into the position that you look down the team sheet and, and you go who? they have got players like Gallagher on the bench and, and, and obviously Yota to, as options but there's there's a reason that they're down there at the moment maybe they've been saving saving those players for the derby they're that obsessed they bought all those players just for two games in the season but the Gallagher one's interesting one to to dwell on because uh, when it was the dreaded transfer window his name he was definitely being banded around he was definitely touted around towards the end of the the transfer window and we took a view on Davis didn't we and that appears to be a shrewd decision I think on our part because yeah I think that's what I was maintaining as the way to go forward is uh, forget it Mm, and obviously they obviously listened to me (laughs) Of course, or me. Course, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You. Well, you just you just copied me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we digress. We do internal politics. People there, <laughs> just ignore us. He's not somebody who's going to bang in loads of goals for you, but he's he's mm. kind of the big guy up front type chap. That's I mean that's what he was for Blackburn anyway. There's players there, and I'm not talking about Craig Gardner to give Birmingham a decent midfield at least. Mm. I think they're at the stage where they they're trying not to lose football matches, aren't they? They 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 were plummeting the wrong way, um, and I imagine. Cottrell's first job in the in the opening weeks will be to, to shore them up at the back and, and well again I mean against Cardiff mm, they switched be, from tremendous. like a four three three that they played against Sheffield Wednesday under Carsley they played mm. two two deep sitting midfielders to obviously you know shield them mm. we obviously experienced Cardiff uh, at the start of the season and mm. they had plenty of, enough menace on the flank so uh, having those two deep sitters uh, certainly uh, I think that's going to be what they're going to be playing against Villa and then three kind of attacking midfielders and yeah. the one up top who will be Vassell again I think the other thing to <laughs> Again, this is hard to do given that we know it's obviously the derby, the big local derby, is to think of the game as any other team we might be facing who's down where Blues are. You know, Blues aren't nearly as good as... Fulham are they're definitely not in the same league as Wolves yeah I'm sure this is this is part and parcel of our preparations that other than preparing the players for what would be a, a different atmosphere actually what we're coming up against is you know the, the 16th best in the division for home form granted our away form isn't fantastic but it's improved yeah um, and I think that's what we've got to but carry through we've, we've got, got players to hurt them I mean Blues have only got one ever present player and that's their centre back yeah. Michael Morrison but yeah. I think Terry and Chester having actually created a partnership there yeah. it's been yeah. successful yeah. Sam Johnson knows what time it is now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be key. Uh, I, I was going to ask you what who your key Villa man would be for that fixture. And I think in the early part of the game, I think it will be that centre-back partnership. Mm. But if Villa score early, I don't think they're going to be doing what they did uh, last season where Gardner scores and uh, we just went into our shell. I think uh, if we get a goal yeah. early, we might give them a little comeuppance. I think we could sniff blood and... I do, I do get the feeling that because we're starting to win games as well. Last that, that last season we weren't. Fulham being an example, and and it's not just the example with with the game itself. It's the type of game that we find ourselves in. Wolves was different. Wolves was a very poor game from, yeah. from our point of view for for various reasons. But I think we're going into this 
you know, on a was it one defeat in nine? That yeah. that is good form. That is really good form. And we've got you look across. You know, we've talked about how solid we are at centre half and. Well, I do think our fullback positions are a question mark going into this game. That would be my only concern. Um, but I think across the middle we've got... If we can harness Hurahan and, and try and release him further forward, because when he's allowed to do that, he can hurt teams. I've already mentioned... I think uh, Anoma is, uh, I think, a very, very, very talented footballer. And speaking of him, would you play the four-five-one? Let's just call it that for sake of argument. Yeah. Or four-four-two. I think I'd probably start with that and try and gauge how the game was. It, it comes across as as a negative, but I think that that's the bit where where we need a bit of a meeting of the minds, really, on on the occasion, meet the opposition. That I mean, typically it's going to be blood and thunder in the midfield. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, in the midfield, yeah, yeah. so you might as well uh, go for that. But it's, it's is it cool? though because potentially Codger and Davis could get isolated playing that 4-4-2 while a, a Nomar actually gives you uh, as he demonstrated against Fulham a bit more of a connect to uh, the, the centre forward. Tricky one he's got a tricky probably a tricky decision to, to stick with Codger as well um, that yeah, I think he will, um, and and I think we also saw the benefit against Fulham of bringing Davis on because very much different player has good holding up ability, very yeah. very strong, and actually Davis is a very intelligent footballer from what, what we've seen before. The key the key to this will probably be be the midfield, and it's that combination of how who can we release to try and hurt them, and and that blend of you know how can we use the Whelans of this world effectively, and this these I thought would be the kind of games that we bought Whelan for actually. That yeah, I think the key thing is is no, no bullshit, no no yeah. don't get don't get anybody sent off yeah, or anything yeah, silly. Yeah. Which Absolutely. obviously the heated occasion and you know you expect to win. As yeah. I, I mean, if we're going for automatic promotion, which uh, we should do, we should be doing. I mean, mm. automatic promotion, as far as I'm concerned, should have been so into the player issue shirts at Under Armour uh, <laughs> give the players a match day just to remind them when they pull it over their head that that yeah. is the main goal this season I think we need to win this to uh, be taken seriously really I agree uh, I think our competitors in the league will go to Blues and probably win I mean Cardiff being the exception actually I'm surprised they lost there yeah. but what, what I don't want to happen as well because it's such a distraction and is that we go there and we don't win and then it sort of reopens this is Bruce the right man and I don't care whether he is or he isn't really I just want to be winning football matches and getting on the ascendancy towards getting out of this goddamn division and we've got to be beating teams like Birmingham especially in their current shape because like you say it's not like they've they've got red nap in he's got a few yeah. you know a few big time big time charlies in and they're starting to storm up the league is it actually they're a bit of a wreck off bringing yeah because i mean cottrell is still cottrell still finding out who's the players for him of you the know pl- what they've amassed 29 29 footballers that tells me they don't have the first clue what they start in 11 is well the fact that they brought in so many in the summer as well yeah. but we've suggests been there. We've this been is there. this i mean this is a team in transition uh, yeah. we're a team in transition but we've kind of finally got somewhere but this is Birmingham almost trying to reboot again but you look at I mean just take us as the example we I think there's a uni- generally universal agreement on this in in the January transfer window of 2017 I think we bought very well for what we needed at the time and we, you know, we don't need to go into a form in the back end of last season only now are we seeing the benefit of that aren't we and that really? was the es- the essence of the uh, the Bruce rebuild I mean mm. this summer was kind of the final touches a little yes. sprinkle of experience here and there and then obviously the talisman Terry uh, 
uh, transfer as well. Yeah, yeah. Predictions? Well, I was going to say that magic mm. word. Mm. I don't know. It's, Dangerous. <laughs> as a Villa fan, you always instinctively think you're going to win it. But mm. this is actually one of the games which could go potentially one of the widest spectrums of results from Blues victory, 1-0, as they've uh, mm. done in the last two games, to Villa turning it on a little bit, as they yeah. have done in away trips to Barnsley and yeah. Burton. <laughs> well, that's a good point, actually, because... Yeah. At this stage of the game, I, I mean, I you know, settle obviously for any win, but I think a win it has to be. I think a win it has to be. I, I think if we do win, I hope we do it by a couple of clear goals, because thinking just back to the, the Fulham game is there was that uncomfortable you don't want to be in that position where Johnston has to make that save or but that's every game you want to be two goals up but especially in this one mm. I think I think a big win would give us confidence swagger that would give us a proper trigger to potentially mm. yeah add a bit of swagger to our game but I'm not taking anything for granted uh, I'm still not convinced Bruce will uh, allow his team to play with any swagger I wonder what the, the thought process is going into this is is he going to try to make a statement or is he just happy to uh, kind of get it over the line I, I really can't answer that thinking about it because part of me says you know, I've already said that I think he might is the dinosaur evolving slightly but I, I do wonder whether fixtures like this is where the dinosaur reverts to type ah, and on that observation I think it's time to uh, get ready to uh, get on our riot gear get on our fancy dress riot gear which will be also <laughs> also taken to the last uh, away game of the season uh, down at the den yes it's a good thing about the riot gear is you get two uses you get St Andrews and uh, now with Millwall's promotion you you get to use it all over again see you there right until next time (laughs) please uh, if you enjoy the show please do review it if you listen on iTunes that's the least you can do yeah it's free you buggers review it right (laughs) until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him goodbye my old man This Second City Derby preview is brought to you by Gabby. It's American already. Yeah, so easy to slip into America. Yeah, a little learnerish. It's Derby. Or, I don't think it's Derby in Irish. Derby. Derby. This Second City. <laughs> this is, what does my life become? This Second City. Which. Do you want to go full Paisley? <laughs> this Second City. This here Second City Derby. <laughs> preview is brought to you by Gabby Per. Power. The irresponsible bookmakers serve with a side of bullshit. This banker only pays out once a season. Gonna bit R. <laughs> bit pirate. The second city derby. You are. That'd be quite good, actually. R. This second city derby preview is brought to you by Gabby Power. The irresponsible bookmakers serve with a side of bullshit. This banker only pays out once a season when Villa play the Blues. To be sure. I was only joking with the to be sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm but a pawn. (laughs) To be sure. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.